Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. As always, we have Tim Reagan, the founder at Prairie View, and I'm Katie Umland, the head of marketing. Hey, Katie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. Um, well, so today we're just going to talk about estate planning, um, estate planning and retirement, how to plan for the distribution of your assets after you pass. Um, so a super light topic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, it's always the fun topic, right? It's the yeah. thing that everybody wants to Everybody talk about. wants to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I hear a state plan, I kind of think of very wealthy people who have uh, an estate, a, a huge house with five acres. Um, you know, if you asked me five years ago what I thought of, that's what I thought yeah, yeah. an estate plan was. Now I'm realizing that doesn't, it's just all of your assets. It's all of your things. Yes. It's not... You mean you mean you don't have like the stable and horses? <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, uh-huh. You don't live the on an estate. And, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, and, and it's funny when we say estate planning, uh, we see the same thing with a lot of our clients where they almost, it's not maybe the exact same thing, but they almost glaze over and they don't really know what that means. And and the next question that will come out of their mind, uh, uh, out of their mind sometimes is, so like, yeah, estate plan's fine, but do I need a will? And right. It's like okay, well, that the the word estate plan really does encapsulate just all of the instructions that you want to have uh, for your family or for your charities when you pass away. Here's what I want to have happen, uh, and it's funny because it's not even just the uh, when I'm gone type of stuff. It's even when I'm here, but I can't uh, make decisions for myself. Here's who I want to make those decisions. So typically, when we when we say the words estate plan or estate planning. Uh, really what it means is it it's a time for me to think about if I can't make decisions for myself, whether it's because my health has failed or because I've passed away, who do I want to do it and how do I want that to go? Uh, and it usually encapsulates a handful of documents. So you're right. It's not uh, go out to the estate and, and play, you know, polo. Yeah, or polo, something. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It always was just, I assumed, oh, that's not for me Yeah. or that's not... Well, I don't qualify for that. Or yeah. well, and, and I think even as you and Alex have uh, come to realize, you know, now that you've got Dylan, it really becomes something that you want to be intentional with. Yes, and totally necessary. Absolutely, regardless so of of how big the estate is. Right. Uh, you, you Still important sure. to us. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter sure. how no, big it is, or for sure. Uh, and so, usually, when we say those words, what it means is it encapsulates a handful of documents. Uh, so the first one is typically it'll have a trust associated with the with the estate plan. Not always, but more and more we're seeing more people utilize trusts. What a trust does is it basically says, uh, when I'm not here, I can't make decisions for myself. I'm going to name somebody else to make decisions, but they're going to make those decisions according to the terms that I've laid out. So I'm going to spell out who gets my money? When do they get it? How do they get it? Uh, and this trustee, they call it, is just set up so that they just execute on that. Uh, the example I like to use is to think about a big company. Think about like General Motors. General Motors has a person that's in charge, their president or CEO, and that person can make decisions for General Motors. They can say, let's open a factory, or let's close a factory, or uh, let's source our product from a different place. They, you know, they get to make those kinds of decisions. But General Motors' money isn't their money. General Motors' assets aren't sure. their assets. They're just the ones that have been given the authority to kind of act on General and Motors. And in best interest Best of interest of, that's right. Sure, that uh, makes sense. And so then like for 
for like you and Alex, you might have a trust set up that says, we want Dylan to receive our stuff, but Dylan's not old enough to receive our stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we need somebody that can then act in his best interest and uh, guard those assets for for his benefit to then be distributed whenever we we want them distributed. And so a lot of times clients have those trusts set up uh, for their kids. Sometimes uh, they have kids that have maybe some special needs and they need to account for that, or even for grandkids where they want to plan as well. So do so. most people leave kind of everything to their kids? Is that, or leave all their money to their kids? Is that most common? You know, it is really common, uh, but it's also more and more common as people have, so maybe let me back up. So as people, as their assets grow, uh, it creates opportunities for other things. So in my mind, I might think that I want to leave all my money to my kids. But when I start thinking about how much money that is, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, I don't think the kids need that much money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. What else should we be doing with yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. And so then that's when people start thinking about, okay, maybe I want to include grandchildren in that. Maybe it it becomes a time for me to say, I want my kids to receive up to some number, fill in the blank, and then I want the rest to go to my favorite charity, whether it be my church or my alma mater, or, you know, those types of things. So, yeah, it, it, it really varies. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking a lot of our own situation, yours and I's, and I forget that maybe people don't know we're brother and sister. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. they're just well, tuning in and they're like, are they married? Are yeah, they uh, yeah. friends? Are they coworkers? So yeah. well, well, <laughs> maybe we should make that like part of our yeah. intro. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say that because I would just assume that, you know, we look enough alike. <laughs> yeah, they would yeah. know. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, and so as people, as people put together those estate plans, it really becomes – what it, I guess I should back up for one second. It can seem overwhelming if I have to think about all of these things and it can seem like, oh my goodness. But really, if we sit down and are fairly methodical with it, usually within a 45 minute or an hour long session, we can get most of this stuff kind of wrapped up and, and make some decisions and help people put that plan together. And if you're especially if, if I feel like it would be different if you and your wife were trying to at home put this together. But when you have somebody kind of leading you through it who has done it before, yeah. it makes it way less. No, 100%. Or, I mean, it's, there's still tons of decisions yep. <laughs> and still a ton to think through, but I feel like it's easier to piecemeal it when somebody's kind of talking you through it. And, Absolutely. And those words that are in there and you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or serpes, what's that word that yeah, I yeah, never yeah. know? Yeah, that's right. For serpes, yeah. Uh, which really just means if if I'm or if, uh, my child is gone, give it to their kids, right? I mean, it, it's a really simple concept, but if you, you see don't these, know, like, uh, yeah, uh, sure, sure, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, in the other part there, you know, when we talk about that, it and we, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about the trust, uh, but then everybody's like, well, what about a will? Do do I need a will? And there's some confusion a lot of times around how does a will take part in a trust? Do I still need one? Do I not? And there's questions around, well, if I put it into trust, can I ever get my money back? Can mm-hmm. I? And so for 99% of the people that we're sitting down and working with, uh, the trust, you can think about it while you're living, just like your money. It's no different than if you had an account in your name at the bank, you're, you file your taxes under your social security number, you can take money out of it, You can close. you can do anything you want while you're living. Once you pass away, that's when things start to become irrevocable and say, no, now you can't change the beneficiaries because you want the beneficiaries to be who you who you who wanted. You that's yeah. right. Uh, and, and yes, everybody has a will in addition to 
that trust. Uh, the many times in a will, you'll name an executor. That executor is somebody who's going to take care of the business that is not inside of your trust. For example, with your uh, car, you're probably never going to title your car in the name of your trust. It's just going to be a car that's in your name. So your executor then would have the ability to sell your car, take the money, mm. and the type of will is called a pour-over will. It takes all that stuff that was not in the trust and pours it over into the trust so that then the trust- So like somebody's grand uh, you know, beanie baby collection yes. that they have yes. in the basement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so if you don't like somebody, maybe make them the executor yeah, yeah, that yeah, has to yeah, deal with yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. But the, uh, and, and hopefully there's not as many of those as there was at one time, yeah. right? Uh, the, the number of people I think that we're going to get crazy rich, rich. off of the- Yeah, the Princess the beanie Diana beanie, beanie baby yeah, in, yeah, the, exactly. in the glass case. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you have been to my house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, and so for sure, so that will is what then kind of takes all that other stuff and puts it puts it into the trust. Usually, your trustee and your executor are the same person. And so when we talk about those decisions and how many decisions do I have to make, and a lot of those become duplicative. So it's not like I've got to come up with, you know, well, gobs of other things. But also, conversely, you do get to pick different executors. So for your health, you can have somebody who is making those, those decisions. decisions. Yep, yeah. doesn't have to be one person that makes well, yeah. every and decision. So, so with that too, you know, so in the will, it's called your executor. And then in the powers of attorney, that's, you, you have a power of attorney. And so uh, it's, when we talked about, it's not all when you pass away during your lifetime, uh, that's where you would say, if my health fails, Here's who I want to make those health decisions on my behalf. Uh, as you know, mom, and uh, she was going through her process. She knew that in the estate planning process, that is, she knew that she was not going to name me or Dan as the powers of attorney because she said that I for sure had no heart. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, forget it. Uh, <laughs> and so she had the ability to say, who do I want money and who do I want, uh, want for my health? So I think that's important to know, though, because you can think, well, who do I know in my life that I'm going to give? Every, <laughs> every decision to, to. Yep. like this person has a great knowledge about this, you know, finance maybe, or this person has a great knowledge about health, but yeah. are likely not the same, same person. People. That's right. <laughs> well, and, and how many people do we know uh, that have the daughter, daughter-in-law that's a nurse and they're exactly. like, well, they're perfect for uh, doing my health care, uh, but maybe they're but not I don't want to pay my bills. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so kind of going back, we had talked about, should we leave all our money to our kids? Yeah. Um, so are there downsides to that or what are the biggest downsides to that? For sure. So so really there's not tons of downside to it other than uh, you run the risk that if what can happen is if you leave too much to the kids all at once, it may not fulfill your legacy that you're hoping to fulfill. Uh so if you look at the data, uh, it would say that the average inheritance is spent within 18 months. And so when you think about that, you think, man, I worked my whole life and now I leave this lump sum and maybe my kids aren't equipped to really make those decisions. Maybe they've never had that size of money before. It took me you know, 50 years to amass this, mm -hmm. this money and to learn along the way how to do it. Now all of a sudden my kids are getting this money. They're not a 
equipped to deal with that. And so what I was hoping to be a legacy really ended up being a flash in the pan and uh, sure, maybe they and got a boat, boat out the of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, or maybe and maybe it goes longer. That maybe it is a lake house or something. But but it's it's money that can go pretty quick. Where you you many times were not the type that wanted to spend your money that way. And your legacy might be something we say. I would like for it to have a longer effect on helping my grandchildren. Generational or, wealth. Exactly. Or, exactly. And so it's just keeping those things in mind. So what if your kids or your grandkids are little? How does that? get and you do want to leave it to them but they're little like you mentioned like well dylan is just turning a year old obviously we're not going to for sure yeah and so with that most of the time what we'll do is we'll have it set up to where uh dylan will have the ability to we'll have somebody who's watching over the money form like we talked about that trustee the trustee will have the ability to use the money for dylan's benefit Many times it's the income from that money that's there that he can use every single year. And then there's the ability to take it out for things like uh, maybe he has a health procedure that he needs done and you can pay for that. Or when he goes to college, you can pay for his education, those types of things. It won't be set up to where when he turns 16, he gets a new vet. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> Unless maybe that's what we want. Yeah, exactly. Unless <laughs> that's your, your choice. Uh, the, uh, but And so it's set up to where there's some flexibility for the trustee to help him while he's while he's younger. But then there are usually times and ages that you put in that allow him to get the money when he gets older. So you'll say, you know what, use this money for his benefit uh, for the next or for every year while he's living. But then when he turns 25, give him a third of what's inside of the trust account. Uh, when he turns 30, give him another third. And then when he's 35, give him the rest of the money. Uh, so that there are times when it's not like this goes on in perpetuity, but but you've got flexibility where he has access to it when he needs it. And then gets the money when he's a little bit older and more responsible. Um, so that also kind of made me think when you said, um, you know, if you give all your kids to all the money to your kids, that maybe not that might not be the legacy you want. Um, and and maybe that's not the outcome you were hoping for. Like, do taxes play into that also? Like, maybe you didn't anticipate, oh, if I give them all yeah. a lump sum, no, what does that No, for sure. Mean? That's a great question. So what we found is that from a, an estate tax perspective, uh, the way that the estate taxes work now, they have there's so much money that you can leave tax free uh, without ever paying an estate tax. That number is high enough; most people never have to worry about it. It's in the tens of millions of dollars, so it's that's not our issue. The bigger issue comes in it, because most of our clients today have the the majority of their wealth in their retirement accounts, their four hundred one ks, IRAs, those types of things. And what happens is when kids inherit those dollars or receive those dollars as an inheritance. If they take it out, they have to pay income tax on whatever they take out. And so many times, just going through this process, we can be more efficient in saying, okay, you wanted to leave some money to church. Let's not leave this retirement account to your kids. Let them pay all the tax sure. on it. Okay. Instead, let's leave retirement account money or the money that you want to leave to church. Let's make that retirement account money because mm -hmm. church isn't going to pay any tax on it. And let's leave the kids something else that, you know, so it's, okay. it's that kind of stuff that we can get really uh, specific about and can really make a huge difference in how much tax. You know, just to put that into perspective a little bit, uh, let's for simple uh, math, let's say it's $100,000. Let's say you want to leave your church $100,000. If you give them $100,000 out of the sale of your house and you leave that $100,000 to your kids as an IRA, the, the money coming out of the sale of the house, the kids aren't going to pay any tax on anyway. Church is going to pay no tax on any of it. But the kids getting the $100,000 in the IRA 
are probably going to pay twenty to thirty thousand dollars in wow. tax on that hundred thousand bucks. Okay. So if you just switch the two, and you just said leave the house money to the kids, leave the IRA money to church. Okay. You just save twenty to thirty thousand oh. dollars worth of tax will go to Uncle Sam. Twenty to thirty thousand dollars of your legacy. Exactly. I mean that's it's a, a huge... big chunk. It's a big chunk, and so okay. so that's where when we talk about the tax ramifications, it's more along those lines and being specific in how do we structure what we're giving to whom. And again, it can seem overwhelming, but it really isn't. It we can be we can boil well, it down pretty easy. This is a topic for future podcasts, but that reminds me of why you should talk to a financial advisor, not just listen to TikTok. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, when you say it, I think that we should do an episode for that. So I would say that'll be a fun one yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that is um, unless your financial advisor is on TikTok. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should start. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that that's something that people. That's a, a great reason of why you would talk to a financial advisor because that's not something a normal average person would think or know to do. Yep. And that's a huge benefit. Well, and that's the thing that we try to think about when it comes to uh, anything. Estate planning is a big piece, but but it's also uh, my investments or my distribution plan in retirement or, you know, go down that list. A lot of times we think about it in three different areas and, and you probably have heard of them before. You've got things that you know you know. Uh, then you have things that you know you don't know. So like for me, I know I don't know how in the world it's possible for radio waves to make my radio <laughs> in the car make noise. I have no clue how that's possible, but it does. I have no clue how my cell phone, I can talk into it, yes. call somebody around the world. I know I don't know that. Uh, so I know the things I know. I know the things I don't know I don't know. But then there's this whole area, the things you don't even know you don't know. Yes, exactly. And that's the dangerous area. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when you talk about that, it's not just advise, financial advisors, but it's the same thing when I look at my car. I can fix a lot of things by looking it up on YouTube. And But then when I talk to my uncle, who's a mechanic, yeah, and it's, it's like, the thing, uh -oh. oh, I didn't even know I didn't know that. Yeah. And that was a mistake. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you that I, I don't think, I think that was a pretty thorough, I should uh, ask. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was, this was not our funnest topic, but, uh, but I think that it's one that it's really, really helpful because there's a lot of confusion out there and it doesn't have to be there. It can be really pretty straightforward and, uh, and it shouldn't be overwhelming that people feel like I don't want to do it because I'm a little intimidated by it. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that's like, it's so important, especially when you're talking about leaving your kids and their their uh, future so yep. that's I, I know it's been strong on my on alex and i's minds lately is like okay we have to this well, is a, it's a big decision yeah and, and to your point uh you know a lot of times people think about these things when i get to be 80 i'll worry about it uh but really when you're in your 30s yep. and you have a young family it's a time that you need to to get those ducks in a row too so Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Retirement Readiness Podcast. We hope you found some of it valuable. If you did, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. And we hope to help you live your legacy with confidence. We'll see you soon. Be well.